wonderful lesson. I might get to preach in a little bit, but it's really something that's in my heart to take my time and to teach you. It's called, Is This It? So write that on your notes today, Is This It? And I want you to turn with me to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. Is this it? And as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, I want you to think about that statement that I just said to you. It's kind of incomplete unless you put it with a sentence. Have you ever really been excited about something? Maybe somebody was telling you you got they got something new and they invited you over. They're like, hey, come on over. I got this new game or I got this new car. And you went over and you saw it and you were kind of disappointed and you're like, is this it? Come on, let's be honest. You ever felt that? You ever gone to a restaurant, everybody tells you, oh, man, this, this is the best food in the entire city. Man, you've got to try this food. And then you eat and you're like, this is it? This? Make this better at home. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe somebody said, man, this movie, this movie, you've got to see to change my life, the special effects. It was awesome. And then you pay $10, you get your $20 thing of popcorn, you sit down, you're eating about halfway through, you're like, this is it? This? I paid for this? I could watch this when it came out on TV for free, man. You know what? I look at church a lot of times, at what people call church, and I go, this is it? Oh, we just come and sing a couple songs. We just read our Bible. We, we, we just shake each other's hands. We, we get a cup of coffee, and this is it? It seems to be so much different than what the Bible talks about. I mean, you read the Bible, you, you think you're living in the greatest time that you could ever possibly live. People are being raised from the dead. The blind eyes are seen. Sick people are being healed. People are prophesying about the future. All of these signs, wonders, and miracles. And then sometimes you just show up to church and this is it. You know, I remember a missionary from Argentina telling me one time, she said, I would be ashamed to bring most of my children to churches and say, this is a church, because they would look back at me and go, this is it? The book of Acts is now this? My friends, I know that we're radical. I know that we're going for God. Hey, man, we just did R&B, hip-hop, and dance all to our praise and worship. I mean, we're cutting edge, right? But... It, but even as your pastor sometimes, I, I just leave after a service and, and I'm happy that you were here and I'm happy that seats were filled and I'm happy that you know people are giving and, and bills are being paid and all of these wonderful things are happening. Trust me, I'm happy. I'm, I'm blessed. Somebody say he's blessed. As a pastor, I look back starting off with one person in our house and I say, look how far we've come. But there are just sometimes like during the week, the high of Sunday kind of goes away and it's Monday, Tuesday and, and I'm going back to my day-to-day -day life and I'm thinking to myself, this is it? What, what, what do I do? I'm just a pastor. I make a message. I preach it. We clap our hands. Every now and then somebody gets healed. Every now and then somebody gets saved. This is it. I don't know if you've ever felt that way before, but I'm in a season right now where I'm kind of saying back to God, this is it. And you know what God is saying back to me? He's saying, oh, no. I hear God saying to my heart, He's saying, oh, no, 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 no. This is not it. I hear God saying to my spirit, there's so much more. 
I hear in my heart the illustration of us going to the ocean, taking a thimble. If you've ever seen a thimble, it's those little things that people used to put on their fingers when they would sew so that their needle wouldn't hit their finger. It can hit probably about a quarter of a teaspoon of water in it. It's a little little mini cup is what you could call it. I, I think about us going to the ocean, taking that thimble full, walking to our friends going, this is the ocean. Dude, it's awesome. You can surf. You, you, can, you can scuba dive. This is, this is it. And I just sense that people are looking back at us going, this is it? This is the ocean? We're telling people that God heals, but we're not really demonstrating it. We're telling people God saves, but we're not really living like we're saved. We're telling people that the glory of God can come in our services, but really the glory of God doesn't really come. And we're telling people this is God, but really God is saying, whoa, 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 stop, put on the brakes. This is not it. This, the ocean is it. The glory is it. The power is it. My love, there's so much more. Oh, the first problem that I have maybe in a service today like this, because you never know who's going to come, visitors, newbies, and we welcome all the like. Somebody might just be saying, oh, I love the thimble full of water. Well, that's awesome. That's all I need. That just a little dab will do you. That's all I need. Just give me a little bit of Jesus. I come on Sundays. That, that's, I don't want the ocean. Scary. <laughs> Scary. Just a little, that's all I want. But you see, if you've been around for a while, if you're an old-timer, if you've been doing this for a while, you're probably like me. You're getting a little bit tired of that little thimbleful. And then sometimes maybe you come to a church like Metro Praise, and it's radical, man, radical. Oh, you've got to come to my church. Whoa, it's going, it's going on. It's going on. Yeah. Whoa, come on. And it's like a little kiddie pool. Oh, Lord. Whoa, I feel Jesus. Oh, look at it. Why? Because the church they used to go to was a thimbleful. Now they jump in. Woo! Woo! And I'm sitting here as a pastor going, Oh, yes, we do have more than most. Praise God. Praise God that we actually do pray for the sick here. Praise God that we are winning souls here. Praise God that all of that is happening. But I'm still telling you as the pastor, that's just a kiddie pool. There's a whole ocean of God's power and glory and love and anointing and just so many things in, in God, the peace of God, the, the faithfulness of God. There's so much more than we've ever experienced. I want you to look now at that Scripture. I ask you to turn with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. Look what Paul says. He says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of what? Power. Power. The kingdom of God is not just us talking about it. Don't you know anybody can talk? Don't most of us have friends in our life that are just talking? Well, I did this this week and we went to Thanksgiving and it was so cool and I went shopping. Oh, look at the dress. Come on, ladies. You know what I'm talking about. And then guys like, I ate so much, man. I slept all day. Oh, I watched the game and how could they lose again? Come on. And you're just thinking, come on, you're just talking. All you do is talk, 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 talk. Listen to me, my friends. If all you think of your pastor is just a talker, then I'm not doing my job. If all people do is think of Christians as just, oh, yeah, they talk about God all the time. Yeah, that person has talked. No, they need to see power. They need to see power in our lives. 
They need to see explosive energy. That's what power is, explosive energy. They need to see that we are energized to live holy. Oh, look at them, man. They live holy. I don't know how they do it, but they live holy. They turn the other cheek. They're not bitter. They don't back by God's blessing them in the time of economic calamity, but God's blessing them. There's some power in those folks. You see, the kingdom of God is not just us talking. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. I love Jesus. No, the kingdom of God is power. It comes with a demonstration that there's something different about us. Because everybody can have a religion. Everybody can have a belief. They're they're all down the road. Choose which one you want to go to. When Paul was alive, he said, Hey, guys, I'm not just coming here to compete with the Greek philosophers. I'm not coming here to have another Hindu religion where this is Jesus, our God. We make, you know, these prayers. No, he says, I got power. He says, when I meet sick people, I pray for them and they get healed. He says, when I meet people who have evil spirits and addictions in their life, they get set free. He says, when I meet people that can't live holy, that are addicted to sexual perversion and have problems with anger or getting divorced in their family because of confusion, I see God transform their lives. It's powerful. That's what Paul was saying. It's, hey, this thing is powerful. It's like right now if we had Nelson crack open one of these live wires right here and say, hey, come on, touch this, man. You would not just come and go, oh, it ain't nothing. You'd be, whoa, power. When it touches you, it changes you. How is your power, O meter, today? How much of God is in you and how much of it is just talk? Well, I'm glad that you at least talk about God. Let's start with the basics. I'm happy you're here and the football game didn't take your attention, or ladies shopping and getting good deals. And I'm glad, yes, we confess Christ, and many of us here are getting saved, and this is not maybe a matter of you going to hell. Yes, God loves you. You're going to heaven. Okay, we covered that. God bless you. You're awesome. But now here's the next thing. How's the power in your life? We just amped you up right now to a meter that could could tell your voltage of power, 1 to 10, 10 being you're raising the dead, you're exploding. Family members are getting saved at the kitchen table over Thanksgiving, man. You had a prophecy for Cousin Flockle, told him what he did last night. He wept in his, his, his gravy, in his stuffing. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? You were preaching to your friends. You were just radical, 10. And one is you had to jump start just to get to church this morning. You had to have somebody just jump start you. Oh, come on, come on, kids. <laughs> okay, I'll come to church, Mom. Is that how some of you teenagers were? Come on. Or husbands with your wife. <laughs> come on, husband, let's go. See, one is just, you know, you're going to get to heaven, but you're probably not going to change anybody's life. You probably need a jump start most days if we don't keep up on you. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you going to church? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you going to church? Are you living holy? Living holy? Living holy? Don't sin. Don't sin. If we're not if we're not jumping you every day and, and, and putting power back into you, you're losing it. That's one. Ten is you're just exploding for God. Now, obviously, nobody's perfect. But how close are you to that ten? You see, today's message, I want to encourage you to go for God. I want to encourage you to get so full of God's power that living an ordinary life is not okay. Because Christianity is not just the upgrade to a nice car. See, if you went out buying a car today, they would say, here, man, this is stock. This is how it comes. But if you want to upgrade, man, you can get the five CD changer. You can get the TVs in the back seat. We'll put the tin on the windows, pimp out the wheels, put some nice rims, and you can buy it like that. You see... Some of us think that's what Christianity is. Well, you know, I love Jesus, and 
you know, I'm going to get to heaven, so I got a nice car. Maybe it's not as nice as somebody else's. You know, pastor wants me to upgrade, but I'm okay. And, you know, my car still runs. No, 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 listen to me, my friends. That's not the example. What the example is, is you're on a tricycle, and you can't take anybody with you to heaven because you're so weak in power. And you're just triking your little way around, and you can barely get up hills, and the devil blows, and you just go backwards. So it's not just, well, Christianity is just an accessory to my life. No, my friend. It's either you get on fire and whoop the devil and start bringing the people to heaven with you, or life is going to be terrible for you. Because without God, life isn't complete. And without being radical, people will suffer. You might say, well, somebody else will tell my friends about Jesus. But if I'm not amped up about preaching the gospel, then somebody else will. How do you know that? Today, the Carrascos are on a vacation with their family, and he sent me a text. He said, my 17-year-old cousin got hit by a car. They've given him 24 hours to 48 hours to live. Pray for him. And I said, we are praying. We prayed in our morning prayer, and please continue to pray for them. You think that 17-year-old yesterday thought today he would be on life support? Come on, somebody. He was thinking what he's doing for Christmas. He was planning who he was going to be when he got older. His whole life was ahead of him, and bam, it's over. You see, my friends, you only got one life to live. Live giving it to Jesus every day. Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Here's how you get the power. I've got the power. Come on, how many want it today? Say amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I know that you do. Some of you got that jump start this morning. I can hear you revving. We're going to... Come on. Come on, here it comes. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So how do we receive the power of God? Through who? The Holy Spirit. Now somebody say the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit an it or is it a person? It's a person. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune nature of God. The Father is in heaven. Jesus came to earth to die for our sins. He resurrected and is now at the throne of the Father. But who is with us now? The Holy Spirit. And you know I preached a whole message on that. You can go back and listen to my comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives in every one of us. Unless you reject Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. So if you've been born again, you said, hey, I want Jesus. I, I want Jesus. I have repented of my sins. The Holy Spirit's in you. So now look at the illustration of what's really happening. You have the ability to do all things through Christ, and yet some of us don't tap into that ability. Because He's no more in you than He's in me. We have the same measure of the Holy Spirit. It's not like you get a small measure, pastor gets big measure, somebody over there gets a medium measure. No, everybody here has the same Holy Spirit. Let me show it to you. Go to Philippians. Go to Philippians chapter 4. When the Holy Spirit comes, He comes in one way. All. It's all or nothing. And so today, if you've been born again, you have the Holy Spirit. And look what Paul promises in Philippians chapter 4, I believe, verse 13. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do some things on Sunday with the pastor's help. Is that what it says? I can just do the easy things, but God every now and then helps me with the hard things. Is that what it says? Because that's sometimes how we think, isn't it? God wants me to do the easy things, so I don't really need Him then. But every now and then there's a big thing in my life, then I really need Him, and then it's just like flipping a coin. He may come, He may not come. Right? Is that what it says? Let's read it all together. One, two, three. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Power. Everything. Do you know that even the atheist is doing things on God's power and he doesn't even know it or she doesn't know it? If there was no God, they would have no air to breathe. They would have no brain capability. They would have no sense. They would have no life. The Lord has given every person life. Then in John 3, verse 3, those who are born again now have spiritual life. And there's only one kind of spiritual life. That is an overcoming, powerful, you-can-do-everything life. Do you understand today? So many times we look at these scriptures and we put God in a box and say, only God can do these things. But no, God said He can do everything. Let's give some everythings as encouragement to you today. If you're in school, God can help you in school to do everything you need to do to pass. Mothers raising children and fathers, God can give you everything you need to be good parents to your children. Those of you working in the employment force, God can give you everything you need to be a great employee or employer. Everything you need is in the everything God. And how do you tap into it? Through the Holy Spirit. And today, what is God saying to us? It's not just about talk. Look at your life right now. Be honest. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to put you down. Look at your own life. And do you kind of look at it right now and go, This is it? You mean this you mean God of the universe, He did all these things in people's lives. David killed Goliath. Moses split the Red Sea. Peter walked on water and... God, this is all I'm going to do? Come on, be honest with yourself. Some of you today are struggling with the same sin over and over and over again. And I know down deep inside you probably look at yourself going, is this it? You mean for the rest of my life I'm going to struggle with Internet pornography? I'm here to tell you today, friends, no. You do not have to struggle with Internet pornography the rest of your life. You can overcome it. Some of you are like, well, you know, Jesus kind of makes me happy on Sunday when I go to Bible studies. But, you know, all these other days I'm depressed and I'm bitter and I feel sorry for myself. What people have done, is this it, God? No! You can live life free from the pain and depression you feel. You can be so full of joy that God will make your past feel as far as the east is from the west. You'll remember it. You'll be able to say, yes, I remember my dad was a stern man. Oh, I remember this person abused me. Or I remember this person hurt me. But I can't feel it anymore here. 
because I'm over it. God has healed me. I don't remember Jesus walking up to the blind guy saying, Hey, I'm just going to give you one eye, okay? Bing, there you go. You're going to walk around like this the rest of your life. I don't remember God, you know, walking up to the prostitute. Hey, you're going to stop sinning on weekends, but every now and then on Tuesday and Wednesday when things get bad, you're going to go back out in the streets. That's the good life, baby. It's all the way or it's nothing. Either Jesus is Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. Either you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength or you can't do nothing and we should throw the Bible away. My friends, today I want to encourage you to live a powerful life. And I'm not saying that you do it in your own strength. I'm not saying you just tell yourself, well, I'll do better. I'll try harder. I'm going to work harder at this. I'm going to try to be happy in life. I'm going to try to get along. No. You come to the Holy Spirit and you say, God, through the Holy Spirit, give me power today. Are you ready for some things of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 in the favorite all-time passage of my wife today. I'm going to give you three areas that the Holy Spirit will bless you more than you've ever been blessed before if you let Him. Galatians chapter 5. Somebody say, fruit of the Spirit. Remember that example we said about the ocean and saying, oh, is this it? Is this it? Think about these things as I read them now from the, uh, the Bible and ask yourself, how much of these do I have? How much of the power of God do I have to do these things? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Come on, go through them right now. How much power has God given you to love? Is love transforming your life right now? You know, the first thing that I realized that when I got saved is that I loved unlovable people. How many went out to Ohio Park and loved some people out there? Come on. How many of you normally probably wouldn't love them very much? They probably wouldn't love you very much, right? But you go out there, you're like, oh, come on, you are awesome, homeless guy. You, you smell great. Come on, let's get you some food. Come on, drug dealer. Come on. Ricky would normally see the drug dealer. Hey, pull it over here. <laughs> Cuff him. Bring him to thing. And then when he goes to Ohio Park, he's like, come on, man. I love you. Why? Because he's doing what the Christian is supposed to do. The policeman is supposed to arrest him. But the Christian is supposed to love and help transform him. Because how many know we can lock them, drug dealers up in jail all the days of their life, and they'll still come out a drug dealer. The only thing that will transform them is the love of God. we got to love people, y'all. And the only way we're going to love people at all times is if we get the power from the Holy Spirit to love unlovable people. Number two, joy. Joy. This is not false joy. This is not just somebody said a funny joke, slapped you on the back. Oh, that's funny. No, joy in your life is when you can sit down at the dinner table, pray thanks over your meal, and look at your wife and say, you got a great life. We are blessed. You might say, oh, come on, Pastor. That, that stuff from leave it to beaver times. No, no, no. This is biblical. You sit down with joy in your heart. You look at the baby as she's got pea soup coming down her face, and you go, she's beautiful. Our life is good. Oh, it's not because of these things in the house. It's not because of the paycheck or the money in the bank. Here and in here, life is good. Joy. The Bible says, joy unspeakable, full of glory. 
God will give you the ability to have joy even in times when the turmoil is the worst because His joy is from the Holy Spirit and it allows you to do everything in joy even though in the outside, in the world, you can't. How much of that, come on, do you have today? Peace. Peace is not just the hippie smoking weed. Peace, man. Come on, dude. Love. Free love. That's a false sense of peace. You know what peace is? Peace is when somebody lost their job or loses their job and gets laid off. And they can come home and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it. Peace is watching a child that you love like I did to my parents, rebelling, turning my back on God. And my mom and dad every morning took each other by the hand and said, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. i got a promise. He's not, he's not going to be lost forever. i got peace. You see, peace is in the midst of a storm, my friend. See, where's the power in your life? Are you demonstrating it? Or are you just talking a good talk when you're here on Sundays? I could go through this list. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But I want you to hear today. It means nothing even if I talk about it unless you receive it and demonstrate it. These are the things that God wants you to have. How about another thing? Go to Ephesians. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. How about some power to understand how much God loves you? Do you know that the source of what I would consider every disobedience we commit, sin, the source of every backslider is always an issue of the heart? Do you know why I think churches today are dead and Christians are dead? It's because they lost their love for God. The power to understand God's love must come from the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you can hear, and I guarantee you if I tested it, you would be honest, many of you would agree, that you can see the cross so much. You can hear about it. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. You can hear about it so much that when you hear it, you become numb. Come on, let's be honest. Do you remember the first time the power of God took the message about God's love and brought it to your heart? Do you remember how powerful that was? I'm not talking about somebody just said, hey, Jesus loves you, and you in your brain said, I know that. No, I'm talking when somebody said words, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Ghost just slapped you in your spirit and wrapped His arms around you and said, I love you. I am here, and you will never be alone. I remember November 5th, 1995, calling on Jesus, and, and I didn't have the words to say. I had drugs in my pocket. I was a bad boy. I was mean. I was hateful. And my mom was teaching me that simple sinner's prayer. And I remember just uttering those words, Jesus, I love you. Forgive me. Come to me. And the power of His love wrapped so strongly around me. It felt like a winter coat. You know what those feel like. A winter coat just zipped me up and put the hood on and pushed down the strings. And it was, God is here. And I remember going home to my house and looking in the mirror and I saw demons and evil spirits and I fell on my knees and I started reading the book of Psalms and tears were streaming down my face because every word I was reading from these random Psalms were speaking right to my soul. 
It wasn't just somebody telling me, oh, you're going to be okay. You're going to change. We'll get you off drugs, Joe. No, it was God saying, lo, I am with you always. I am the good shepherd. You shall not want. And it was right here in my heart, my soul. Power. How many know that? Come on, how many have been saved and you know you're saved? Well, I want to tell you something. Never lose the power. I remember one time having a preacher here that had been saved over 20 years. Pastor Roy Bowles. He knows him from Teen Challenge. You guys, some of you were here, told his testimony as if it was from the first time tears came down his eyes. I watched a grown man saved for 20 plus years in his 50s come to a church, what she does regularly, and just him telling his testimony brought tears to his eyes. Why? Because he never lost the power. See, it wasn't talk. I changed my life. God is in my No, it was God is here. It's not there in the past. He's here now. And He changes me now. And He loves me now. And I feel His power now. And I'm grasping and I'm, and I'm splashing more of it. And I'm getting more involved and deeper in it. I remember seeing another pastor come to the church. Did the same thing. Pastor Orlando talked about his testimony of being a drug dealer and carrying a shotgun and somebody got it out of his hands and pointed at it but it wouldn't fire and tears came down his eyes as a man who'd been saved for 20 plus years and said I thank God for saving a sinner like me you see if you're not careful you'll lose the power of your salvation yeah, you'll be riding your little tricycle. You'll think it's okay, but you'll forget what it felt like to be in the 747 jet of God's love, going places with Him and feeling His love always with you. Come on, Ephesians chapter 3. Here's my prayer for you as it was for Paul and the Ephesians people. Chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom His whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, listen, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Why, Paul? Why do I need all this power, okay? I'm supposed to have power to be a witness. We learned that in Acts 1.8. I'm supposed to have power to have the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, but what am I supposed to have this power for? Listen, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love, okay, may have power, look, he says it again, together with all the saints. What do I need power for, Paul? What do I need it for? To grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses your knowledge and your talk. Come on. That you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. You need the power of the Holy Spirit, friends. I need the power of God's Spirit. Why? To grasp how much He loves a sinner like me. To know that He still loves me. To know that He still loves you. That He's never turned His back on you. Any time that you've been away from God has been of your own doing. And yet, like the prodigal son, He stands as the Father by the door, always bidding you to come with open arms. May you never lose the power to grasp that and to grasp it more. Because that is the secret of God's life. His power to grasp His love. To grasp it. 
How much are you grasping it today? Come on. How much are you holding on to it today? How much do you have? Or do you just have that little thimble and just say, Oh, I know God loves me. But when times get tough, I doubt Him. And I don't know if He's really there for me. Come on. Get in the ocean of it. Drown yourself in it. Let His mercy wash over you. So that you can say, I know that I know He loves me. Because at the heart of everybody's disobedience, at the heart of the adultery, at the heart of the pastor preaching dry messages to a dry congregation on Sundays, at the heart, you know what it is? They've lost the power to grasp His love. All it is to them now is a message. Do you believe this? Yes, I believe this. Was Abraham Lincoln this present? Yes. It's just all head knowledge now. But Paul said here, he said, this love, this love that Jesus, the Son of God, would become a man and die for us, take 39 whips on His back, have His beard pulled, be spit on, to die for us, this love, the Bible says, is beyond and surpasses all knowledge. You can't even get it up here. You can't even, you know, we tell stories. Well, you know, it's kind of like Braveheart. He died for those people. Or, or it's kind of like that, uh, you know, hero of the revolution. No, we have no comprehension here of what it means to be God, to be holy, to be perfect, to not need anything, and yet to say, I will come and sacrifice for not the good, for not the cute little ones, but for sinners for liars, for thieves, for adulterers, for people with bitterness, for people with drug habits, for people with adultery. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I haven't committed any of those things, let me tell you what you are, a liar, and he came for you too. Because we've all committed the gross and wicked sins in our heart. I pray we always grasp that. Will you stand to your feet with me this morning? In review... Where does the power come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. And what does He give us power to do? To be witnesses. To preach His Word to every person. What does He give us the power to do? To have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And lastly, what does He give us the power to do? To grasp His love. Rachel, would you come as we pray? Let's be honest today with what we need from Him. Father, I know I need more of Your Spirit. Father God, I know that You don't give little spirits and big spirits. But Father God, we can have little cups and big cups. And right now, God, I just throw the cup away and I just want to jump in Your Holy Spirit today. God, I just want so much of You. John the Baptist prayed a prayer, Lord. He said, less of me and more of you. God, I want more of you. Right now, with every head bowed and eyes closed, would you just talk to your Heavenly Father? If you came here and you're still not saved, you can repent of your sins. You can start this relationship right now. Just begin to do that. Those of you who are already saved, and it doesn't matter how saved you are, if you had to be jump-started to get here, or you're exploding, I want you to search your heart right now. Come on. Where's it at? Let's go backwards in the message. 
Where's your love power meter when it comes to grasping how much God loves you? Has your testimony just become talk? Come on, never get old, never let it get tired. The Bible says you overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, and not loving your life unto death. Come on, if you're going through a problem today with sin as a Christian, I'll guarantee it. It's not the sin itself, it's your relationship with God. Because the closer you get to God, the less you'll want that sin. Come on, how much are you grasping? I would dare to say all of us ought to pray, Lord, we want more. We want to grasp more. Come on, how about the fruit of the Spirit? Come on, how about love for others? You need some more power to love? You're going through a tough time this this season of your life? Got some distasteful people, ornery people to be around? Come on, God, give me more power to love. Come on, we're not going to show them by our arguments. We're going to show them by our love that we're of Christ. Come on, joy. Come on, how many just need that that deep breath, that sigh of relief and say, it's going to be okay. Peace. Patience. Jesus, fill us. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Come on, how many here are struggling with something? It's hard to be faithful, but you need more power to stick with something. Sticking to a diet, sticking to a bad, uh, getting away from a bad habit. Come on, God says you can do all things. All things. Come on, Jesus, more, more power to be faithful. Hallelujah. And how about the last one, power to be a witness? Come on, are you just hiding in the background of your life or are you going out changing lives? Was Thanksgiving just a kick in the pants to some of you guys? Are you radical now after getting out that you want to do it? Then come on, join your ministry's evangelism team now. Keep going. Keep going. Get more of it. Don't stay where you are. Adopt a block is every Saturday. Come on, God. Give me power to get up in the morning to get out there and love those people. Jesus. We're going to sing a song in closing today. Oh, how he loves us. An anthem of this church. And any who need to come to this altar and pray or wherever you're at, don't be in a hurry. We'll dismiss in just a moment. But we're just going to take some time to get those power-o-meters up today and keep them up every day. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Help us today,
You are. 